There are two favorite sections of the Bible for most believers today. Leviticus. Learning about blood, guts, organs, ashes, sacrifices, skin, leprosy, emissions, and mold. Second, Exodus. Not the plagues, not the parting of the Red Sea, not any of those really cool things. Truma. This week's Torah portion. And what follows from this week's Torah portion, 15 chapters devoted almost entirely to the construction of the tabernacle and related subjects. There is a minor departure for the golden calf, but that's boring compared to the poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be removed from it. The length of each cloth shall be 28 cubits and the width of each cloth shall be four cubits. All the cloths to have the same measurements. Make 50 loops on the edge of the outermost cloth of the one set and 50 loops on the edge of the cloth of the other set. And I could go on. Pure excitement. (laughs) And because God knew how much we would love this and how the relationship of the majority of believers would be immensely strengthened by studying the clasps the hooks, the sockets. He repeated it for us. All of it, twice, 15 chapters, more than a quarter of the book of Exodus. Which brings up a question. Why, God, why? Why? Sarcasm aside, there is great depth contained in every word of Torah, and some you need to look harder to find than others. But it's a legitimate question. Why does the most holy book in the universe, the the lessons for life, our relationship with God, for living a good life, the story of God, God's people, salvation, why this attention to detail? Why twice? And, and, and about something that seems incredibly hard for us to relate to. Why? There is an answer. And you don't even have to look very far into this week's portion to find it. It's only eight verses in. Verse 258. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That is the answer for 15 chapters of sockets, clasps, dyes, skin, hooks, undergarments. That's the answer. It is the answer. If you think about what it is in its detail. That I may dwell with them. Who is I? Hashem. It's too easy to miss the significance of that statement. Hashem, Adonai, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. El Adon, God and Master. Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. El Shaddai, El Gibor, our Father in heaven. Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam is saying, I want to dwell within your midst. And he's asking us 
to contribute to it. He's asking us, he's telling the Israelites, bring me trumah, bring me gifts, bring me a portion as your heart leads. In other words, he's not even saying, I'm coming down, fix it, build it, I'll be there. He's saying, if you'll give to me out of your heart, I will give my fullness to you and dwell in the midst of your camp. We have a part to play. Any meaningful relationship, push, pull, invest, reward, give, take, marriage, children, and most definitely your relationship with God. People are too ready to lay down and just say, it's, you know what, God, (laughs) thank you for everything. I'm not doing anything else. It's all good from here. Now, stay tuned for the conclusion of that, but There's something very significant that's also very easily missed. We love, love, love to talk about John 1 and how Yeshua came and dwelt among us. And the word is actually tabernacle. That's that's the derivative in the Greek, that he came and tabernacled among us. And we love that. Everybody loves to talk about, you know, well, most people say, God becoming man and coming to earth. I have a whole series about that and a better understanding of what that actually means called Messiah before the foundations. Listen to that. But nevertheless, the tabernacling of God's God with his people began long before that. And this is what's missed. It began right here in the Old Testament, actually began in the garden, but that's another story. We'll talk about that next week. It began right here in the Torah with God saying to his people, I've always desired to be close to you. And he did come and tabernacle with his people. And the thing is, here's the challenge. There were rules. There were rules for how that was done. I don't like rules. I don't care. There are rules. There are rules in everything in life, and that particular relationship had rules because, you see, they had encountered God before. Israel knew God. They knew him in all his great, tremendous glory. They encountered the cloud that went before them, the cloud of glory. They encountered in a very real sense at Mount Sinai the awesome power of God, so much so that they were terrified of it. They knew what it meant for God to dwell. And where, where, by the way, at Mount Sinai, when they were first introduced, guess what went along with that whole process? Rules. Rules, remember? He said, I want you to immerse. I want you to wash, be clean for three days. Then don't you come anywhere near this mountain or you will die. And if anyone does, like, don't, don't, you, you have to stone them or shoot them. Shoot them with arrows. You don't touch anyone who's been anywhere close. Rules. That's weird. And people say, well, thank goodness that God died. Thank goodness that God who had all those rules died. I heard an incredibly cool thing. I think it was Daniel Lancaster who compared that experience at Mount Sinai and God 
like a lightning bolt. Lightning is incredibly cool and super powerful and intense and amazing and everything. But guess what? You don't go around lightning. There are rules. And God is the master of lightning and every other thing that has ever been or will be. There are rules. And in this tabernacle now, from Mount Sinai, in this tabernacle, now that he's giving instructions for, it's going to get very, very real very quickly because his presence is going to come in. This physical interaction up close and personal with God dwelling in the midst of his people. And it reminds me of Disney, the movie Aladdin. I remember when Robin Williams did the genie and he was telling about the power and he goes, great cosmic power, itty bitty living space. That's what's happening, not as a genie, as the God of the universe. And so, yeah, yep, there were some pretty detailed rules, 15 chapters, as a matter of fact, of how that was going to work. Well, there's uh, there's another whole book, The Other Favorite, Leviticus, that talks about how we're going to approach that space, right? This was just getting it ready. But someone says, Great, really great. If you want me to, I'll read about the clasps and hooks. What does that have to do with me as a disciple of Yeshua? Seriously. I mean, what does, what does it mean? Here's what it means. Yeshua made you little tabernacles, right? Remember all the scriptures that support this? They're not, they're not trick scriptures. They're not one-off proofs. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Even more profound, 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, what will happen? God will destroy him, it says. Wow, that's kind of hard. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So there are rules for us, even as disciples of Yeshua, for how we treat this tabernacle. Laid out in a very real sense in the form of what Judaism has quantified as 613 commandments. Now, obviously, all of them are not appropriate to all of us, men, women, priests, Israelites, different things. But there's a, there's a set of rules that are done in love and protection. Why? Why? Those are insignificant details and all, all that tabernacle stuff. God just wants me to be free and live a happy life. You put this stuff on me? That bondage about all that stuff about rules and following Torah? I do the weightier things. Rabbi, as a matter of fact, I shouldn't even call you rabbi. Jesus said, don't do that. I do the weightier things. I love my neighbor. I serve. God doesn't really care at all about what I eat. Give me a break. Does he? Well, he wrote that down, actually. That one he made real easy. He wrote a whole chapter about what you eat. And he said, these would be good things to do. These are not good things to do. So it's not that complicated. There are always rules and there are ways to approach God and that's what the 
15 chapters of Exodus are telling us, and there are ways still for us to approach God. People take this, uh, this opinion that when Yeshua came, every, every formality and everything that would be any kind of level of entry into God was done away with. I march boldly into the throne room, I stand before the throne, and I declare to God what's going to happen. And if you're not doing that, if you're praying for healing and you're not doing that, declaring it, then guess what? You have no power. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And that stuff drives me nuts. Yeshua is the one who goes in and intercedes. He has the authority. The rules, I'm sorry to use the word, keep us at a safe distance. Yeshua has the power to intercede. So what does it have to do with you? Well, you should live your life as a disciple of Yeshua who understands and follows the rules. And this is preaching to the choir, but here's the problem. Sometimes that's frustrating. Like reading 15 chapters of skins, dyes, and hooks. It can be kind of frustrating. And the truth is, like, you know, Israel, Israel got impatient. God gave these incredible instructions and said, here's what's going to happen, 25, verse 25, 8, do it, I'm going to come and dwell with you. And then what happened, eh, that's a lot. It's a lot. I'll tell you what, Moses is taking too long up there. He's been up there a while. These instructions are complicated. Let's do it our own way. Aaron, throw some gold in, and out will jump a golden calf. And that'll be a better way, I think, for us to, to do it. And we know how it works out when we do it our own way. Few people died that day. You see, God has a way that things are to be done. And like it or not, people love to talk about God. He's the God of order. Yes, he is. 15 chapters of order, 613 commandments of order that keep you safe and healthy and alive and immeasurably blessed. That's the bonus. You do all these things right. You create this dwelling space for me and I'm going to be with you. You take my instructions. You choose life, not death. You choose blessing, not curse. And you're going you're to be blessed. I'm cool with rules. They just get hard sometimes, honestly, for all of us. It's tedious, it can be challenging, it's easy to dismiss them and say Yeshua did away with all this, but there were rules in building a tabernacle and there are rules in being a tabernacle, which is what you are for the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. So, invest, reward. And God starts off really great, doesn't he? 25.8, guys, only eight verses in. I'm going to come and be with you. But first, here are the rules. Here are your responsibilities, your tasks, your part in the relationship. Huh? I have to do something? Come on, God, you can do it all. You did that Pharaoh thing, that plague thing, that angel of death thing, that 
parting the sea thing, that drowning Egyptians thing. You can do it. I don't have to do it. Just build what you want. No, you have to have a part. It's like telling your kid, I'm going to take you to Disney World and Mickey Mouse is going to give you a full tour. Well, no, let me not compare God to Mickey Mouse. It's like saying to your teenager, you have this favorite artist, this favorite band. Guess what? I'm going to take you to the concert. We're going backstage. We're going to ride in the limo. He's going to take us around, give us a tour of private concerts. And all you need to do first is your responsibilities. Clean your room. Help out around here. Do the things that I've asked you to do. You know, I, I just need you to, to help. Obey my instructions. Follow the rules. Come on, Dad! Can't we just go? We can go. After you do what you need to do. Your part. <sighs> I don't even really want to go anymore. Yeah, you do. You know. You just don't want to do the work. That's all of our problems. That's all of our problems. It's the choices we make. It's the defeating of the evil inclination every day to say, I will choose good, not bad. I will choose blessing, not curse. You know it's good. It's just hard. And that's frustrating. Invest reward. And we are building, in a sense here, a little bit of a tabernacle, not the tabernacle, but we're building a house for God. This is a dwelling place, and part of that whole thing, Shalom Macon, is supposed to be, I am 100% confident that it is supposed to be a dwelling place for God. And when it is inhabited, ready to be inhabited, I believe God will dwell here. That's our goal. God already dwells here, but I believe as more and more people come and we inspire and connect them to God and empower them to understand what we talk about and what we do, that there's a real big, great thing that's our goal. The light goes on. The light goes out. People, you are the light. You take it out. Relationship, strength, and I'm ready to do that, but we're encountering a bit of a golden calf temptation right now. Because, as I just said, we can't even get our Shabbat school rooms done, much less all the other things that need to happen around here. And you say, well, why do you need to do that? Because if we're going to create a dwelling place for God, let's do it with excellence. Let's do it right. Let's do all the things. And I believe God has given me some, some not some, a lot of direction, more than I really want, actually, at times for the things that we need to do. That's going to happen. But here's the frustrating thing. It's not going to happen by March 14th, that much I can tell you. And as much as I hate to say that, as much as I want us just skip over and say, Look, come on, let's just do it, it'll be exciting. We're not ready for that. And they weren't ready. You gotta be kidding me, Damien. You're connecting the tabernacle and truma to the launch of Shalom Aiken? Yes, I am. Thank you, God, for your word that speaks in all areas. I'm not even going to give a new date because I need to see how some things go along. But, you know, we're doing the investment part right now. We're in this similar stage of listening to God tell us 
he was telling them about hooks, clasps, sockets, dies. Here it sounds more like greeter team, website, teaching, trim in the Shabbat school room. These are some of the intricacies and details that are slowing us down. But you know what? It's okay. This is not the holy tabernacle. It's not the temple, but it is, as I said, a temple. And when God dwells here in fullness, amazing things will happen. We have a part to play in all things that we do. And the rewards are incredibly rich. I can see that. But for now, we listen. We follow instructions, not seeking after our own version, building a calf, but the true vision of what God desires to see built. And here is the bottom line, which people like. I cannot make clasps, fabrics, and dyes more exciting for you. I can't make 15 chapters and a lot of words jump off the page and motivate you to go out and save the world. But if that's all you see, then I would encourage you to look deeper and to ask the very spirit that dwells within you to reveal things that God says through his word even through skins, dyes, and silver sockets. Because there is so much to learn from what seems to be completely irrelevant. Well, Damien, if there was, you could have just taught it to us. I did. I gave you a little start to invest. As I said, next week we need to, I want to see what these chapters of Exodus, the tabernacle, the priestly garments, the apparent minutiae, are communicating to us about God's desire for us. About what he's doing with this tabernacle and how his love, his, his deepest desire to dwell with his people runs from Genesis to Revelation. That's where you find it. And there is some amazing, amazing things that are happening around us. So I ask you and encourage you to pray to be patient, and we're going to have a beautiful dwelling place for God in his perfect timing. Until then, follow the rules. They'll work out well for you. Shabbat shalom. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.